right, all right. Well, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. We'll have Dan coming up here soon. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Oh, man, you guys are alive today. This is good. This is good. Today we start a brand new series, and I'm really excited about it because sometimes here at Heartland, the series that we teach through are designed to help followers of Jesus know how to follow Jesus better or go deeper on the relationship with God. And sometimes the series that we teach through here at Heartland are designed for people who don't yet know Jesus take a first step with Jesus, or people who aren't sure about Jesus take a first step with Jesus. But this series is not just for the current believer in Jesus, nor just for the skeptic about Jesus. This series is for everybody. Everybody say everybody. Everybody. Everybody uh, is, is in view here in this series. In fact, um, you don't even have to like Jesus to get something out of this series. That's my promise to you. I promise if you hang with us over the next couple of weeks, try some of this in your life. Here's my guarantee. It will go better for you. There's like a money back guarantee on that one for sure. Everybody in on that? You're like, you, this, will, this will make your life better. Um, I actually think, I'm, I so believe this, that... Um, you, you might begin, as a result of this teaching series that we're kicking off today, you might begin a new habit in your life that actually has the power to change your legacy. Like years from now, you might tell your grandkids that one of the greatest secrets of your success was a principle that you learned at Heartland Community Church in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> this has that type of shaping power uh, for you. See, over the next few weeks, we're going to focus on building a life choice by choice, how we build our lives. And to get us into this um, topic today, I actually want to uh, have a little bit of uh, audience participation. This is the type of audience participation that is super fun, but I know is not for everybody because I'm going to need two volunteers. And already, if you're the type of person that's nervous, this is why you didn't show up to church in the first place because you were going to be singled out. I just want to let you know that I'm about to get off this stage and your one job is just to not look at me. Okay, just don't make eye contact, and I promise you, just look at the screen and just kind of imagine that I'm not even here. But here's what I need. I need someone who thinks that they have made good choices in life. I, just someone who they think they've made good choices in life. Okay, see, so this is tough because some of you are like, I've made good choices, but you're sitting against the people who desperately don't. I, I can feel like this side of the room right here is really, really nervous. The, your garment is telling you to relax. Okay, I'll move over here. I'll move over here. Devis, no good choices? Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back. Um, how about this? Actually, what I really need, this would be even better. I need, uh, are there any, like, parents here with kids, and maybe you're a little bit older, but, like, you, you as a parent think that your kid is, like, a little too cocky, or, like, maybe they think they're too wise in their own eyes, or maybe kids, you think you actually know better than your parents. Is there anyone like that here in this scenario? Mike Sears, you're looking at me. Mike <laughs> Uh, which of your sons do you want to uh, face off against? Is it Peter? 
Mike and Peter, this is what we're going to do. Mike, Peter, can you guys encourage these two Heartlanders? Come on down. This is, this is perfect. I am so glad that I didn't have to make it all the way over here to my wife. Uh, hey, everybody, this is Mike. This is Peter. This is the Sears. Everybody say hi. Um, I'm singling them out because I know them. They're like neighbors to me, and um, I feel like we can have a little bit of fun. But Peter, I need to know this. Let's stand over here so that the people watching online can actually see your face. Um, uh, who's, who's wiser in the relationship, your dad or you? Dad. That's a very wise thing to say, though, don't you think? <laughs> it's a very wise thing. Now, when it, um, when it comes to building things, uh, who builds better things, you or your dad? 50-50. It's a 50-50 thing. If, um, if, if, were there ever any things as kids that you would build that you thought you were really good at building? What would those be? Uh, Legos. Legos. Okay, great. Uh, Here's what we're going to do. I got a couple Legos right here. I promise you they had no idea that this was happening. Um, But I've got kits. I've got kits for these Legos. Mike, I want to have you. um, Peter, you stay here. Um, Mike, you come with me. You guys didn't realize that Heartland Community Church's stage was actually a Lego building competition set. That's why it's built this way. You guys are going to face off against each other. Mike, how do you feel about your odds of constructing this kit? Not good. Why not? He's much better. He's much better. That's a concession that we'll give. That's, that's probably true. Okay, but what are you missing? I'm missing the instructions. The instructions. What else are you missing? Any idea of what it's supposed to that's be. That's exactly right, Mike. This is why I picked you. I looked across the crowd and I said, Mike is going to help me preach this message very well. Mike, um, here's what happened. I, I'm um, so, so I didn't have a big budget for this illustration. So I bought a Lego kit that came in a bag. Have you seen these now? They like hang on the end cap at the target. And um, I'll tell you this, it's a Star Wars thing. That's kind of a a, a help. Does that help you at all? A little. A little? Well, yesterday when I set this up, um, the cleaning crew came through and they took the bag and the instructions. Kind of like mom used to do when she would clean up the house. She'd take like one Lego piece and the whole thing would go. But I have one. I have one set of instructions right here. Hartland, who should we give this one set of instructions to? To Peter or to Mike? Peter's mom is saying to Peter, anyone, Mike, anyone? Mike gets the instructions. Mike, anyone, Peter? I think we're going to give this to Mike because you all seem to have picked him. Mike, because you were wise enough to know that you needed a picture and a plan, you get to race off. Now, Peter, I'll let you know this. There's 14 steps to completing this, all right? Does that help you at all? We don't let, we, he doesn't get to know what this is, but this is going to be a race. Um, on the count of three, everybody, we're going to see if Mike or Peter can complete this the fastest. I don't know if I even need to ask this, but who's got their money on Mike? Who's got their money on Peter? Peter, we, we know that you spent hours as a kid, like, actually building Legos. I think inside of you is all you need. Just tap into yourself, man. You'll figure this out. I believe in you, Peter. I believe in you, Peter. That's a hook reference, you guys. Come on, that was too good. All right, uh, on the count of three, you're going to race each other. The winner gets pride. On your mark, get set, go. Well, they're building. We're going to keep preaching. I hope that's okay with you because I still got to get you out here on time. Um, also, the over-under on how long this took, it took the last uh, service about 25 minutes to build this 68-piece kit. So that's just a reflection on them, I think, not on the kit. It may feel um, to you, if you're watching all of this, like um, I have put Peter in an impossible situation. But isn't this a little bit like how life feels for us sometimes? You've been given uh, a kit 
You've been given resources. You've been given pieces of your life to put together. But isn't it true that sometimes we walk through life lacking a plan that helps us know how the pieces fit together? I don't know if you've ever um, gone into a, a, a new career and you knew enough to know you needed to get a degree, but once you started down the road of your career, it was starting to get murky for you to know, how do I take this career from one place to another place to another place? Maybe you started dating someone, and you really enjoy spending time with this person. You're really hopeful for how it goes, but you just don't have a plan for how it's supposed to be built in a way that you know is good. When there's no plan... Our, our minds can go into fear and say, I just don't want to mess this up. Or we can hit moments in our life when things are not going well. How do you keep going after you're on the other side of a tragedy, in the midst of continued disappointments, or when few people have real wisdom to give you on how to have a plan to take your next step forward? So many times in life, we lack a plan. Peter, how are you feeling about your lack of a plan right now? Dude, you're just, yeah, you're just sorting pieces right now. It's very, and there's already like assembly lines over here on Mike's side. Good job, Mike. Um, it's even worse, I think, for us, you know, Mike called it out. I don't have a plan, but I also don't have a picture. I don't even know what I'm building. I don't even know what this is supposed to look like. I think some of us, the worst thing that we can do with our lives is to move through life without a picture of what our lives are designed to look like. Maybe the picture that you have for your life is the one that you inherited from your parents' lives or the people who lived before you or the people who raised you. And for many of us, that's an okay picture, but it's not really a perfect picture if we're all honest about the type of parents that all of us have had. There's things that we liked and things that we really didn't like. And having a picture for how your life goes, you want that to be a little bit more clear or better than just doing something better than your parents did. And I don't know if you look at your neighbor's lives as the picture of how life is supposed to go, but you might be envious of the things that they have in their driveway or their family, but aren't you also suspicious that they're not actually making it work on the inside? It's true that we struggle to find a plan and a picture, but that doesn't mean that there isn't one. In fact, one of the oldest bits of literature on the planet, the book of Proverbs, offers us a general roadmap for living. The Proverbs, I want to say it this way, Proverbs are bits of timeless wisdom great lives are built upon. The Proverbs are bits of timeless wisdom that great lives are built upon. Listen, Harlan, if you want to find meaning and purpose, learn from the Proverbs. If you've ever bumped up against significant, complicated issues in your life, and you haven't known how to put the pieces of your life together, you can look to the Proverbs. If, if you've ever been the type of person, I know no one here is like this, but if you've ever been the type of person who continually shoots themselves in the foot by your choices, it's time for the Proverbs. Proverbs are um, instructions and parables. We've just mashed it together. We've called it instructables. Well, this is what our series is. It's, it's a look at the ways that God in his wisdom helps us put our lives together. The book of Proverbs is not exhaustive. What I mean is that you might not know um, how to actually go about living your life in Johnson County in 2023 so specifically. But the book of Proverbs is incredibly vast in its generalities. It covers a wide array of issues that you and I face on a daily basis. Issues like 
How do we grow wealth? How do we grow our relationships? How do we thrive at work? How do we exercise discipline and how do we reject laziness? What is the balance between work and rest? Proverbs is helpful for us as a trusted guide in parenting and raising kids. It's also a trusted guide in being a child and raising your parents. Proverbs talks about how we talk and what we promise, whether that's in business or in relationships. In every aspect of our lives, the Proverbs have immense wisdom to help us build our lives to be great lives. The main author of the book of Proverbs is this guy named King Solomon. I'll say more about him in a moment. But um, while the, the Proverbs kind of, if you've ever read Proverbs, it kind of seems like a scattered shot approach of just, uh, you know, a random assortment of kind of Benjamin Franklin type sayings. But in the beginning of Proverbs, Solomon actually gives us a well-ordered, well-reasoned introduction to help us make the most out of this instruction. And we find three aims of the Proverbs here in the beginning. These are three outcomes that God hopes for your life and for my life. Three desires of God's heart for every one of his sons and daughters. They come to us in this introduction. I want to jump in. That's kind of the intro to the series. We'll watch them as they're doing. Peter, how you doing, buddy? Are you building a spa? What are you making? I told you Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay. All right. All right. Here's, here's uh, Solomon, what he says in the introduction of the book of Proverbs. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Am I doing okay so far? I'm going to check in the box of like biblical accuracy. So far, so good. For gaining, here's the purposes. For gaining wisdom and instruction. For understanding words of insight. For receiving instruction and prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discern, discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. This is for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. First and foremost, the, the first aim of the proverbs is really clear right off the, off the get-go. God wants to help us become wise in our thinking. Wise in our thinking. Let me show you uh, again verse 2. This is, this is what uh, verse 2 says. Uh, maybe, yep. For gaining wisdom and instruction. For understanding words of insight. Solomon has in view the way that you think about this world, the way that you think about your life actually has an impact on whether or not you are a wise or a, a foolish person. And the Proverbs are about these just two very classic groups of people, the wise and the fool. And the starting point of wisdom, it's found in training our minds to receive instruction and receive understanding. If you know Solomon's story at all, or this all, this all adds up. Solomon, if you don't know his story, here's, here's a brief overview, was on the precipice of becoming king of Israel when God gave him one of the rare moments where God gives someone a blank check. God says, I, you're, you're going to need a lot. What's the one thing that I can do that would help you out? And Solomon, in his wisdom, asked God for more wisdom. And God seems to be, I don't know if the word is impressed, but, but, but God honors his request and says, because you haven't chosen to spend this upon other people, but, or on yourself, but upon other people, you're going to be one of the wisest people who has ever lived. And out of that overflow of wisdom, Solomon, to this day, I believe, is the only person who could ever build a Star Wars Lego set without instructions. 
Solomon, uh, maybe not, but but Solomon was able to lead Israel through a lot of murky situations, uh, situations when the right thing to do wasn't super evident. There's this hallmark case that Solomon adjudicated where um, two women brought in a baby and both claimed to be the mother. I know this sounds like Jerry Springer in like the early first centuries. Solomon didn't know what to do and nobody had been able to figure out whose baby this was. And so Solomon in his wisdom devised a way by which he would discern who the real mother of this child was. It's a really gruesome idea. Solomon wasn't serious, but he told them, take the baby, cut it in half, give half to each mom. The reason he said this, even though he didn't really mean it, he wanted to identify the mom because he knew that every mother's heart would rather give her child away than let harm come to her child. So when this was handed down, the real mother screamed in agony, as you would, insisted that the other woman take the child, and by that, Solomon in his wisdom knew who the right mom was. Now, that's a really strange um, situation that you and I don't face, but this is a picture of wisdom, being able to think well in any situation. Let's say it this way. Wisdom is the ability to know what to do when the options aren't as simple, right or wrong. You don't need to raise your hand, but I, I'm curious how many people in this room over the past four or five years have faced a question, a problem, a situation, a challenge that didn't have at its core a simple right or wrong course of action, but something more murky, something more nuanced, something where it was a, a lesser of two evils or a directional challenge where it would change the scope of your life, maybe two great options and you didn't know which one to pick. Wisdom is the ability to know what to do when the options in front of you aren't simply yes or no, right or wrong. Verse two of Proverbs one tells us that wisdom operates off of understanding words of insight. Peter, don't you wish you had a couple words of insight right now? I'll tell you one thing. The white one goes with the white one. Uh, hopefully. You did it? All right. I forgot to give you the rules. You got to yell out instructables at the end of the game. Hey, we have a winner, everybody. Let's examine it. Um, Mike, why are there like 10 pieces still on the... There are extra pieces. Okay. Well, it looks exactly like the picture that was on the back. Hey, does, do you know what this is? What is it? It's an X-Wing fighter. It's an X-Wing fighter. In the first service, they go, it's a pew-pew thing from Star Trek, which <laughs> angered all of the Star Wars people to no end, which has been like a little joke I've had going on here at Heartland, if you haven't picked that up. But Mike, uh, congratulations. Let's hear it from Mike, everybody. Mike, that's my gift to you. No, you get to keep that. I would love for you to taunt Peter this week. Just put it in his car or wherever you want. Peter, that's yours to keep, too, if you want to figure that out later. Be happy for you. To, the whole tin and everything. Just take it all, man. Can we hear it for these guys? Thanks for being good sports. Great job. There's the instructions. A wise, let the wise receive wisdom right there. Wisdom is the ability to know what to do when the options aren't obviously right or wrong. Verse 2 tells us that wisdom operates off of understanding words of insight. Insight, by its nature, refers to things, understanding things that are not necessarily obvious. It's the ability to see trends in the data and to understand all that it means. Insight is what the world is going after today with AI. We're trying to take massive sets of data and to provide meaning into them so that we can make meaningful decisions with our lives. Um, 
I want to go on record again. I feel like I say this now every fifth week, but I don't use AI to write my sermons. I would rather preach to you an honest, bad sermon than an AI-generated piece of junk. Okay, so from my soul to yours, these are no AI-generated sermons. But what I do do, what I do do is I use AI to craft my starting lineup for my eight-year-old baseball team. And I just feel like I need to go on record in case that's against any three and two violations of the rules. Um, I, I found out, because I'm the type of baseball coach that has um, 40 different bits of uh, statistical analysis on each of my eight-year-olds. I know their spray charts, I know their contact rates, I know their averages, their OPSs, I know their hard hit balls, the amount of pop flies, the amount of uh, their batting average with runners in scoring position. I know all of this stuff about my kids. And I realized I could feed this information into AI. Because for me alone, looking at the data, I just kind of, I have the, the old school baseball scout eye test. That kid's good. That kid's not good. And there's got to be some in between. And so what I did the other day, because I wanted to win a tournament, I fed all of the data into AI and I said, pretend you're a coach using this data generate a maximal efficiency offense, and it did. And we uh, run limited the next two teams that we played. But I didn't use the AI thing, because the AI actually got it wrong. There's so much about the game of baseball that can't be com computed. I know this drives sabermetric people nuts, but it can't be just shrunk down to just a bunch of statistics. Because on any given Sunday, Anything can happen. And sure enough, uh, in the game of life, you try and crunch your life through some algorithm and it will never compute in wisdom the opportunities that you have in this life. See, AI is really smart. AI is very intelligent. But AI is not wise. Wisdom comes from a completely different source than just an algorithm. I, I think this is why people who are wise will always be employed. This isn't like a, a money market account update, but I think for as much as AI is gonna revolutionize our lives, I think wise people are the true uh, keys to success for our community. I think wise wisdom in your life is truly the secret sauce of how God wants to bless you in your life. God is looking for people who know how to think, who have learned how to understand insights and let those insights shape their thinking. This is God's big plan for this. This has always been God's big plan for us. I'm just in this moment uh, thinking of this time where Jesus looks at some of the religious leaders and he says, you can read the clouds and know when it's gonna storm, but you do not understand the signs of the times. Jesus says, there's all this data out there, but you've looked at one thing, you've made assumptions, but you're not wise in understanding what's actually happening today. Romans chapter 12 uh, tells us this way. This is God's plan told to us through the Apostle Paul. Paul says to us, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Of your mind. Your mind is the epicenter of how you think, how you feel, how you act. Look at the promise of what happens when we are transformed, the renewing of our mind, the subtext is wisdom, that we gain wisdom. Look what happens. Then you'll be able to test and approve what not just the signs of the time are, but what God's very will for your life is. 
his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. Uh, At the end of chapter one, wisdom who speaks, wisdom is personified all throughout the Proverbs. This is one of the reasons that people don't like to read the Proverbs is because wisdom is personified in various forms, sometimes as a woman, sometimes as a father. And so as you read the Proverbs, you have to know the context of who's speaking. At the end of the first chapter, this is one of the last verses, uh, verse 33, uh, says, says this, the promise of wisdom, I don't have it memorized, so I do need the slide. Let's go to the next one. The promise of wisdom's says the thing that I wrote on my sheet over here. It says this. It says, whoever listens to me will live in safety, will be at ease without fear of harm. Whoever listens to me, whoever listens to wisdom will be at safety and at ease without fear of harm. I think the, the, the end result of what God promises each of us and how we change our thinking is a life that is exactly the life our hearts long for. A life of safety, free from harm, at ease. Solomon wanted his children to have a renewed mind in wisdom so that his kids could also know God's perfect and good will for their lives. It reminds me of the smartest person that I knew or the wisest person that I knew, both one and the same for me was my grandpa. And he used to pass down to our family this I think Ralph Waldo Emerson said this. I don't really know. It's kind of debated. But um, here's what my grandpa would pass to us. He said this, sow a thought, kind of like plant a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow your character, and you'll reap a destiny. All of this exists because of how we think in this life. Wisdom's starting line is a renewed mind. Friends, God wants to give you wise thinking. This is one of the great promises of Scripture. If you're not wise, you can go to God and ask him and say, God, I need wisdom for what I am facing today. Can you give me wisdom? I think it's the book of James that says, if any one of you lacks wisdom, go to God who gives abundantly. This is one of the continual prayers that I pray. As a young leader, uh, someone who's trying to make good decisions with my life, It's become like breathing to me almost to wake up and say, God, give me wisdom to know what to do because I don't know what to do. Help me not do the things today that would not be what you don't want me to do. Help me do the things today that I'm supposed to do. I need wisdom to know what to do. So if you don't have wisdom, you can go to God. You could ask. There's a second aim for wisdom in our life, a second heartbeat that God has, a desire that he has for all of our lives. And here, here's what it is in the introduction. It shows us this. It's that, um, oh, there it is. Sorry, we're going to skip that one. God wants to help us be wise, not just in our thinking, but in our character. Look at, look at what verse 3 says. Verse 3 uh, points this out to us. It says that the, the, the purpose of this is for receiving instruction, prudent behavior, by doing what is right and just and fair. Sometimes we relegate wisdom to the position of just existing in our minds, but we forget the fact that wise people live wise lives. We gain, I don't know if you saw this, we gain wisdom 
by receiving instruction. Instruction comes from the outside of us to the inside of us. Instruction for wise people is, wisdom is found in the receiving of something that you don't currently possess. The reason it was so hard for Peter to actually build the X-wing and he totally failed at it is because he had no receiving of instructions in his life to help him order his steps. And God wants to help us be wise in our character. He wants to help us receive from others. There's this um, deep cut old Kanye West song that I used to listen to. He, he, he'd say this. He'd say, uh-uh, you can't tell me nothing, which is the soundtrack of the fool. I was coaching the uh, same baseball team last week. And we were just practicing. And one of the benefits of being a statistical nerd for your kids is that not only do you know their batting averages and all that stuff, but I know exactly where every kid hits it on average. And so I was standing in the infield with my players running some drills, and one kid was up at the bat, and I, I went to the shortstop, and I said, this kid pops up to the shortstop nine times out of ten. And I did this thing, and if you're a dad, you've ever done this, or a coach, you like draw this X. Ooh, I just did it. And uh, you tell a kid, like, stand there. And my shortstop looked at me, and he growled. He said, and I'm the type of coach that doesn't coach kids that don't want to be coached. So I walked away. And you already know what happened because I'm telling you the story for a reason. Wouldn't you know, surprise, surprise, that ball landed exactly in the middle of that X. My shortstop was out of position. He couldn't get to it. And after the play was over, I walked over to him and I looked at him and I said, buddy, you just don't like people telling you what to do, do you? And he said, no, I don't. I think if he was three, that would be cute. But at eight, it was already infuriating. And at 18, it's absurd. And at 28, it's almost unforgivable. And at 68, it's a real problem. See, God wants to create in us wise character, that we hear instruction from outside voices and we move our feet according to wisdom so that the thing that's about to take place, we're in position to take care of it when it comes our way. God does this for us in our lives by, by giving us wisdom through other people. Wise people, they will receive instruction. Dare I say, they will invite feedback from other people in their lives, especially in the area of prudent behavior. I know that's like a really old school word. I don't even know how that even made it into the New International Version of the Bible. Prudence. What is prudence? Here's what it is. Prudence is the ability to navigate this life and do the right thing at the right time to the right extent. I'm going to say it again because it took me like two hours to figure that out. Prudence is the ability to navigate this life to do the right thing at the right time to the right extent. This is what you do if you've ever done your taxes and realize you got a bigger refund or you owe too much. This is what prudence looks like. You went to your accountant or your, your bookkeeper and you adjusted your withholdings from your paycheck to make sure that you didn't give the government too much or too little of your money. You want to do what is just and right and fair, the right thing at the right time to the right extent. 
We all hate taxes, right? Some of you like taxes. I hate taxes. But people who cheat taxes are not people of good character. They're called fools. The problem for them isn't that they don't know better. They know enough. It's not an intelligence gap. It is a doing gap. They have a gap in character. And here's how I know this. It's because in the book of Proverbs, there is no middle ground between being a wise person and being a fool. You're either one or you're the other. It would have been easier for us in our, you know, I do me, you do you, we all get along, don't hurt people type of society for us to have some sort of ambiguity in the middle. But Proverbs tells us that wise people will listen and do what other people say in wisdom, finding wisdom from outside themselves. You can tell a wise person not just how they think, but you can watch them and how they act. Again, sow a thought, reap an action. Isn't it true that today people would rather wield power than develop character? People would rather chase success instead of steadiness. We gain riches at the expense of our reputation. And character has been utterly devalued in our cultural economy today. At the same time, there is no greater desire from the heartbeat of God for your and my life than for us to be people of good character of wise character. God wants all of us to represent his values of righteousness, justice, and fairness in this world. And it takes people who have wise character. The reason character matters today, and I want to harp on this because I don't hear anybody talking about this today. I don't hear any of this in our world. The reason character matters is really simple. It's because in the world of wise people, wise people aren't easily fooled. Wise people don't get fooled by the ploys of the marketing techniques in the consumeristic world. Wise people don't get fooled by the ploys of politicians. Wise people don't get fooled by the news reports that they hear or the media that they take in. Wise people don't get fooled by what's been told to them by their kids, right? Like, like wise people have become discerning people. But here's the main reason I think wisdom's so good. is because not only are wise people not fooled by others... Wise people don't fool themselves. And isn't it true that I could have a discerning eye towards you and be ignorant of my own blind spots? Wise people can't be fooled. They have a unity about them, their life that is undivided. They don't lack integrity. They have what we call wholeness. They've grown into whole people. And here's the, maybe the last thing I want to say about character it's found in verse 5. This is kind of a life goals type of verse. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. What's crazy about this verse, Solomon says that this wisdom, wise people never stop getting wisdom. That discerning people are always listening and adding to their understanding. They're receiving guidance constantly. 
I, I um, think about this for my life, and I'm in my mid-30s, and, and I, I watch some people get older, and we get stuck in our ways, don't we? And for me, there's a part of my life, the life goal that I have is that as I grow into my 80s and 90s, let's just assume that I get to 98 years old, right? Can we assume that? I need you to assume this for me because this is just an imaginary scenario. Why wouldn't you imagine this for me? Come on, guys. That in my 90s and 98s, and not, that, I would, that I would still be the type of person that would be hungry to know more, that would be growing in wisdom, that would be growing in character. I was talking about this with um, Michelle Pemberton this week, our amazing kids pastor here at Heartland. And she told me this quote. She was like, this sounds so much like this quote that I heard my friend say. And he's in his 90s. And um, here's his quote. He said this. He says um, all the time that we should learn like you'll live forever. That's what he says. Learn like you'll live forever. And I took that quote and I kind of flipped it. Because I think it works in reverse. That I want to be the type of person that lives like I'll learn forever. That, that, that in my life, I, I want to live being open-handed and open-minded and able to seek and find wisdom wherever it can be found. Wise people never stop learning and receiving instruction. No matter their age, they, st- they stay curious. They keep learning. And that's what wisdom is. It's not an age that you reach. It's not an IQ that you possess. The old can be intelligent but not wise. And you can be wise beyond your years. How? By continually learning. Wisdom is the function of processed experience. So here's how it works. Solomon's telling us. As you live, you learn from your living. You watch other people live and you start to amalgamate all of it. You start, you start to process it. You process your experience and it becomes compounded like interest in your life where wisdom begets more wisdom. The flip side of that is really scary. The moment that you and I think to ourselves that we've figured out this life, the moment that you and I say say to ourselves, I've got it, I know exactly how it's supposed to be and I'm never going to change, we prove ourselves to actually be the fool. We can forfeit wisdom in our lives. Solomon himself is a sad example of that. And Solomon in the next verse goes on to say that it's possible for you to trade on wisdom and to despise, to despise it. Here, here's what verse 7 says. Uh, verse 7 says, we'll get there in a second, I'll go backwards. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Solomon has kind of stepped out of his introduction and put a line in the sand for his kids to cross. To say you can't move forward in this life unless you understand this one starting block, starting line thought. That fearing the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. All of this is an invitation from God for us to meet him in wisdom. This is a third heartbeat that God's given us is that we would meet him in wisdom. God's created us in such a way that when we need wisdom, we actually find wisdom in, in God. The fear of the Lord, let me just break that down real quickly. It doesn't mean being afraid of of God like you would be a principal or maybe an angry parent. There's actually a common phrase that God himself used to talk about um, being open to God's ways and, and loving him. It means to respect who God is and to accept his leading in our lives. But most of all, to fear the Lord 
It requires that I have a proper perspective of who God is and who I am. Um, in this verse, can we go back to it? In this verse, uh, verse 7, uh, Hebrew poetry, which is what this is, is written in two lines, an A line and a B line. The A line creates the statement, the B line nuances it. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the knowledge, but, but something about this B line speaks to this. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. How do fools despising wisdom and instruction help us with the fear of the Lord? Well, it's, it's really simple. The wise person acknowledges God and then will begin to learn from him. They have put God in the center of their universe and they resist the temptation to center themselves. See, the real challenge for us today is to realize that the beginning of wisdom is when we realize that you and I are not the main character of our stories. God is. When you and I try and build our lives based on the idea that we're main character, it always goes bad. But when you and I acknowledge the creator, then the thing of our life actually works. And as we close, I just want to bring us back to some Legos. I love this illustration because it's so simple. Uh, Peter and Mike had kits that were created by a designer. The creator of the kit knew how each one of the pieces fit together and provided a simple guide to help them build it. In this situation, sorry, Peter, you were the fool. You were the one who put yourself in the center of your own story and you said, sure, there's a creator who made this kit. I'll figure this out on my own. I don't even need I don't even need instructions. I'm going to give it a go with enough trial and error. I'm sure I'm smart enough. I'm wise enough. I'll probably figure it out together. Now, I know you didn't say that. I made you say that. But that's essentially what your character was saying. We all saw it. The one who had the plan made full use of the plan and was able to build the thing that they wanted to build. And in the end, all of us saw Mike's face as he said, this is an X-Wig. I know exactly what this is. He received joy, and he received our hearty well done. And that's the same type of thing that happens with God. When we live our lives according to the blueprints and the designs that God has made it, we, we build the thing that he wants us to build. And we receive from him this hearty, hey, well done. You did it. Uh, we, thank you. you. You stay. You don't go anywhere. <laughs> We're going to talk in a minute because I like you. We all, we all uh, need this in our lives. Proverbs 1.7 says, says, to build something great requires we seek out guidance and instructions. Also, it requires, this is the last thing, that we take action on the instructions. This is what I love about Mike. Mike received the instructions and he opened them and he referenced them as he was building. The instructions themselves did not build the X-Wing. Mike built the X-Wing. But he had to have the instructions. Instructions always require that we take action on what we learn. And this is, I think, what the point of Proverbs 1-7 is. Is that the fear of the Lord, the understanding of who God is, gives us instructions. And we're to be the type of people who actually use the instructions to build our lives. Listen, uh, many of us here today, we faced our fair share of confusion and hard situations in life. But I want you to know that the next step is available to you in your life with whatever you're facing if you find wisdom from God. This summer, we're going to take uh, a couple of weeks, week by week, to go through a couple of these sections and topics here in Proverbs. 
We're going to make our lives better by digging into God's wisdom together. My prayer is that this summer might be the beginning of a renovation in your mind to think wisely. That it would be a revolution in your soul to learn how to become a godly, wise person. And I, I think it's coming at us. Here we go. One instructable at a time. Next week, you'll have to see where we go from here. But here's what I want to say. We're going to encourage you today to receive wisdom and to receive instructions in your life today. And the seat back in front of you is a QR code. And one of the ways that we do this by helping us get God's wisdom together is by reading a Bible reading plan. We have one here called The Journey. It starts uh, every week. It goes out on Sunday afternoons. It ties together with the sermon that we've taught on that week. Uh, we've had an incredible team of writers who do a great job walking us through what these things mean. And the journey this week is going to go through chapters 1 through 6 of the Proverbs. It'll take you five minutes each day to read one chapter of the Proverbs. And, and to help us, if, if, if you go through five minutes a day for 31 days, you'll receive the wisdom from God in the book of Proverbs. And as you're doing that, here's, here's just what I want you to think about. As you read Proverbs, three questions for you to become a wise person. First is this, what instructions does God give me here for building a great life. As you read, just ask yourself this question. What am I getting out of this from God that would help me build a good life? What does God want for me to build a great life? Number two, do I notice any Proverbs that run contrary to my normal daily life? Spoiler alert, there are millions. This is why we go to God. is because in the rote routineness of our society today, what the Bible says about God's ways being higher than our ways is proven true in the Proverbs time and time again. Notice all the ways in which God's design is different from the design or the playbook that most of us are living our life based on. And finally, if, if Proverbs you know, chapter 1 or Proverbs chapter 2, whatever day you're on, if that were the measuring stick, what have you learned about yourself, whether you're wise or not? This is how we take our lives and evaluate them against God's wisdom and wise people receive instruction. Hey, this is going to be a really fun series, Heartland. I can't wait to jump into it again. I hope you come back next week. Two things before you go. Uh, if you're new around here, we've got an environment for you called First Steps. It's right, happening right now, just right out the doors to your right. Uh, five minutes, uh, we'll give you five heartbeats of Heartland. If you're one of the crazies who signed up to join Team World Vision, way to go. I will see you for lunch just down here in the youth lounge right now. Heartland, we love you. We will see you next week.